Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We are continuing this series, Wonder. Uh, over the course of this series, we are thinking about how we approach Advent, how we go through this season that leads up to Christmas well. Because like I, I mentioned this last week, but, uh, and I'm sure I'll mention it every week of this series, but it's easy for us to take these days for granted. It is easy for us to get busy and to put our heads down and to miss all of the things that are wonderful about this time, all of the things that can inspire awe and wonder in us. It's easy to miss the little moments, like hanging ornaments, drinking cocoa, reading a book while some holiday music plays, watching a football game, which is especially wonderful when the Cowboys are winning and playing well. Uh, the Seattle game, I don't know, but we won, so a W's a W. Anyway, even more importantly, though, we miss the sacred moments, the, the, the moments with God, the little reminders of hope that Advent brings, the little moments when, when we feel God drawing near to us, or, or the moments, the many moments that we have to be in ministry to someone else. Advent is full of this. It's full of all of these little wonders, all of these little joys that we have a tendency to miss because we're too preoccupied with a myriad of other things. And so my goal, our goal as a church with this series is to simply encourage us to savor this Advent. Because I really believe that if we open ourselves up, if we try and be aware, God can and God will do something in and through you this month. And so with that being said, I want us to go ahead and jump into our scripture for, the, for today. Um, for the next couple of weeks, we, we have a sermon this week. Next week is our Christmas worship experience. Then we'll have a, a, another message uh, on the 16th. Uh, but for the next two sermons, we're going to be focusing on the shepherds specifically, the shepherds from Jesus' birth narrative uh, in Luke 2. Uh, and so if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and pull those out. Uh, this is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. This is the first part of the shepherd's story. It's, uh, it's a scripture you've probably heard many times around this time of year. This is what it says. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that's taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. Okay. So uh, I want to do something a little different tonight. Uh, we're, we're going to get back to that scripture in just a minute. But first, I actually want us to take a step back and look a chapter earlier. 
And I want us to look at how somebody else responds to meeting an angel. Because I think, I hope that it'll illustrate for us just how exceptional the shepherd's response that we just read really is. So first, I want us to talk about Zechariah. If you don't know Zechariah, Zechariah just comes one chapter earlier in Luke 1. Zechariah is this well-respected priest. And, and he has a wife, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is related to Mary. Well, in the first chapter of Luke, the angel Gabriel appears to him. Just like the shepherd. He's going about his day, he's working in the temple, and boom, this angel is in front of him, and, and it brings a message of good news. Very similar to the text we just read. And scripture tells us that just like the shepherds, Zechariah is afraid at first. And just like the scripture we just read, the angel tells him, do not worry. And he goes on, and he says, Zechariah, you're going to have a baby. You and your wife are going to have a child. Now, Zechariah and, and Elizabeth, they had tried to have a, a baby for years many, many years, and, and they were unsuccessful. But this angel comes along and says, you're going to have a son, and his name is going to be John, and he's going to do amazing things for the Lord. You won't even believe it. It's going to be awesome. I don't think, so, yeah, I'm paraphrasing. but. And this is how Zechariah responds, and I want you to see this. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day that it happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Okay, so Zechariah's response is to say, I don't know about that angel. Now, I will give him the credit that he doesn't call his wife old. That feels like a wise move. He says, I'm too old, and my wife is uh, along in years. But he says, how can, how can I be sure this is actually going to happen? See, Zechariah, he's not entirely doubting here, but I think he's only halfway in. And because of that, if you know the story of Zechariah, he is struck mute. He can't speak. He, he's, he's no longer able to do the thing that he does for work. Now, Zechariah does eventually get his voice back. And when he does, there's Zechariah's song in Luke 1, which is beautiful. I encourage you to read it. He sings this praise to God, and he celebrates what God has done. And, and he goes on, and he raises this son named John, who we know as John the Baptist. But I think this story is significant. Because his response to this amazing thing, this this angel coming to him, this thing that ought to inspire wonder and awe in him, his response is to question. His response is to be halfway in. And you know what? I think that's a lot of us. That's a lot of our story. Sometimes we sense an opportunity, a chance to be in ministry to someone, or we sense that God might want to do a new thing in our life that God's got a, a new purpose for us. God appears to us somehow. And then I think sometimes we do what Zechariah does. We offer excuses. We question if God is really gonna do that big thing, that good thing. We're halfway in. 
It reminds me of something that happened uh, in my life a few years ago. One of my best friends is John Norton. John was the, the best man in my wedding. He's kind of getting cut off in that picture a little bit, but uh, he was the best man in my wedding. He is uh, godfather to my baby. Uh, he married Hannah's best friend, which really worked out for us. I did their wedding. John and I have been friends since like seventh grade. In fact, I've known John since he looked like this. I am so, I cannot tell you how happy I am to use this in a sermon. This is years coming to fruition right here. Uh, I just wanted to show that picture and because and, that bowl cut brings me unbridled joy. Anyway, uh, John's one of my best friends and in 2017, I was at home one day and he called me. And so I picked up and, and, and just for a little bit of context about John, John graduated from uh, University of California at Berkeley. He had a degree in engineering. Uh, straight out of college, he got this amazing job uh, working for this huge uh, international company. And he was making great money and he was getting to travel all over the country and, uh, and they were sort of grooming him to be a big wig in the organization one day. And so from the outside looking in, it looked like John was crushing it. Like things could not be going better. But John called me one day and, and he sounded sort of down. And so I asked him what was wrong. And he told me, Sam, I hate my job. I, I don't feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so sort of on a whim during our conversation, I said, John, if you could do anything in the world, anything, what would you do? And he paused and he didn't say anything for a minute. And finally he said, honestly, I think if I could go back in time, I would go to medical school and become a surgeon. Uh, and I don't know why I responded this way, but I said, do it. Well, immediately John's response was to tell me that it was way too late. There was no way he could do that. He had missed his chance. If he were to actually try and do that, he'd have to go back to undergrad. He'd have to take all these courses. By the time he got into medical school, if he even got into medical school, he would be several years older than all of his colleagues. And so we were talking and I was trying to push back a little bit because that is John and I's relationship. We definitely serve as a counterpoint to one another sometimes. Um, but he stood his ground. He said, it's too late. And I just kind of shrugged it off and, and we got off the phone. But I think about that conversation and I think about the way that John felt that day. And I think that's exactly what Zechariah felt. He felt like there were all of these reasons this thing couldn't happen. Like, it's too late. There's no way that God can work a new thing in my life. And you know what? My, my buddy John, Zechariah, I'm not picking on them because they aren't alone in this feeling. So many of us feel this way that John felt that day, that like it's too late. Or like there's something in the way, something in between us and, and, and the ministry that God's calling us to or the thing that we want to do or where God is pointing us. We want to do it. We say that that would be great, but we're only halfway in. And here's the danger of being halfway. In doing that, often we miss the wonders that God wants to work. We miss the beautiful things that he's doing, the opportunities for ministry that he's putting in front of us. That was almost Zechariah's story. 
Luckily, God was able to open Zechariah's eyes by closing his mouth. But we don't want that to be our story. We don't want to be halfway in. We don't want to miss what God has for us during the season of Advent. We don't want to be like Zechariah. We want to be like the shepherds. We want to be all in. Okay, we're back to our scripture for today. In our text, in the scripture we opened with, we have these lowly shepherds who live in the fields. And they are going about their day, or I guess going about their night, and they are tending to the flock. And then all of a sudden, a multitude of angels appear to them, and they declare that the Christ child has been born. And at first, their response is very similar to Zechariah's. They also respond initially with fear. And I don't know about you, but I can empathize with that. If I was, I'm doing my job right now, and if a choir of angels randomly appeared to all of us and began singing, I'd be in a little bit of shock as well. But here's the big difference. Here's what makes the shepherds stand out. After all of this happens, they don't go halfway like Zechariah. Let me reread the very last verse of our scripture again. It says, when the angels left them, went back to heaven, the shepherds said this to one another. They said, let's go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that's taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. They go all in. They toss their staffs to the ground, they drop what they're doing, and they go where God points them. They let their their sense of wonder and awe lead them to action, to purpose. And I love that. I love the comparison here because these lowly shepherds who, who had a job that was neither revered nor esteemed by their culture, they're the ones who get it so right, so quick. And yet going back to Zechariah, this highly respected priest in the temple that day, he's the one who needs God to intervene even further. He's the one who it takes extra time until he understands. But the shepherds, they take the leap. They, they go all in. And that's what my buddy John went on to do as well. Uh, a few weeks after that conversation, maybe just a week or two, um, he called me up again. And I answered the phone again, and he said, Sam, I quit my job. And I was like, why? No, what? And he, he told me that he'd been thinking about this conversation that we had, and, and that because of this and because of some other things in his life, he had decided he was going to go all in. He was going to chase his dream. And at first, I felt a little bit of the fear that Zechariah and the shepherds felt, I think. I thought... Oh, no. Like, did I, did I give this guy bad advice? I had no idea he was going to quit his job, his very well-paying job. I didn't know he was going to give it all up. I didn't know he was going to do that. But he did. And, and it wasn't easy. He had to go back to college. He had to go back to community college after having gone to this prestigious university. And he had to take all of these classes and, and he had to, to try and qualify for medical school. And he ended up going back and working as a baseball coach at our high school for, for a minute. And I watched him go from this successful young entrepreneurial guy with this well-paying job to a college student living in a tiny apartment again. But he was all in. 
And so he took the MCAT and he applied to, to medical schools and, and all of this took time. It took a couple of years. But every time we would talk, he would say, this, this is what I want to do. This is basically where God was pointing him. And so he did it. He headed off to Bethlehem. He said exactly what the shepherds say in our scripture. Let me go and do this thing that the Lord has made known to me. And he ended up getting into medical school at UT Southwestern in Dallas. And he figured out what kind of doctor he wanted to be. And he graduates this year. And, and he's going to go on and he's going to be an orthopedic surgeon. And, and, and he's almost done it. He's almost finished this thing that he felt called to so many years ago. Yeah, I love clapping for John. If, if you're watching, Johnny, you're going to get a kick out of that. Uh, but I tell you that story because I really do believe that John is a great example for us today. He felt like he had something for him. And so he went all in. He went from being Zechariah to being a shepherd. And you know what? I have the utmost respect for that because that's the kind of follower of Jesus that I want to be. That's the kind of disciple that I want to be. When I sense that there is an opportunity to love somebody or to give myself for the purposes of Jesus Christ, I want to be all in. I don't want to be halfway. I want to go full tilt. I want to be like the shepherds who don't question for a second. That one word has been sticking out to me all week. Let's go to Bethlehem now. Let's get on the road. It's the middle of the night. But they go all in. They head in the direction of the Christ child. Y'all, this happened. Let's, let's, let's be all in. Let's be excited about all of the possibilities of how God can and will use us. Let's be like the shepherds. Let, let's be like John. Let's be like Milo. Maybe you've seen this video this week. Uh, if you haven't, you're in for a treat. But Milo is this adorable British kid that I came across on my social media feed a few days ago. And I want to show you all a video of him because I think he beautifully illustrates exactly what we're talking about tonight. Uh, so I want you to see. This is a video of Milo telling his mom the role that he got in the nativity play at his school. Let's watch. Guess what I am for the nativity? I'm a classic one. Classic role, is it? Classic part? Yeah. Um, Joseph? No. Uh, uh, one of the three wise men? No. One of the innkeepers? No. Um, Call rejected. But it's a classic part? Yeah. Okay. Um, you tell me then, because... I'm door holder number three, I'll be holding doors. That's amazing. Holding doors for who? Um, probably um, Joseph and Mary. Oh my gosh, were you pleased when they said that? Yeah. What and you, What did you do? And I was like, I'm a door holder, get in there, let's go, <laughs> yes. Whoa. And, and, and maybe, because there's no room, I'll probably be just low, be like, just coming in and then I'll just slam the, minute, slam the door in their face. <laughs> Is that your star role? I'll probably, maybe. I'll probably be dressed up as a door. 
I don't think you're going to be a door. I think you're going to be a door holder. No, I'll have to wear, like, brown. Really? Yeah, probably. Excellent. That's, well, that's really smart, Milo. Okay. I have watched that video, like, 35 times. Uh, and I love how stoked Milo is to be door holder number three. He is ready to go. He got his marching orders. He is ready to execute them. He's going to do it to the best of his ability. He's going to do it with a sense of joy. He's going to do it with a sense of wonder. He's going to be the best door holder number three that the world has ever seen. And you know what? Again, this Advent, I, I just, I want to be exactly like that. I don't want to be apathetic. And I don't want to just go through the motions. And I don't want to just float through these days. I want to be excited. I want to have a sense of wonder. Whether I'm singing with an angel chorus or whether I'm just serving as door holder number three. And so this Advent, let's be Milo's. Let's be John's. Let's be shepherds. Let's be all in for whatever it is God has for us during this season, during this next month. Because like I said, I genuinely believe that, that God can and will do something in all of our lives during Advent. God's going to do something. And you know what? It may not be that you're at work and, and all of these angels appear to you, but there is going to be something. There's going to be a moment when the Holy Spirit convicts you toward something. And there's going to be a moment, probably there's going to be many moments, when you see that there's an opportunity for ministry. And there's going to be little God winks, and there's going to be little things that we can attribute to God, and there's, there's going to be something. And the question for all of us is, how will we respond? Will we doubt it? Will we miss it? Will we say, well... How, how do I know that's going to happen? Or it's, it's too late for me. Will we be halfway in? Or will we do what the shepherds did, what my buddy John did, what, what Milo did? When the angels call on us, will we rejoice and head toward Bethlehem now? Will we savor all the little wonders that God is sprinkling into our lives? Will we go all in? Hallelujah. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, we, we want to be a people who are fired up, who are ready to go. We want to be a people who head toward Bethlehem now. And so, Lord, I pray that, that you would open our eyes and maybe sometimes that means opening our eyes by closing our mouths, but help us to see all of the little wonders that are all around us, all of the opportunities to serve and do ministry and to love you and to love neighbor. Lord, we trust that during this Advent season, you've got something for us, that you're not gonna leave these days purposeless. So God, use these days, use us. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in your name.
Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.